Welcome to Civil Discourse. This podcast will use government documents to illuminate the workings of the American government and offer context around the effects of government agencies in your everyday life. And now your hosts, Nia Rogers, public affairs librarian, and Dr. John Augenbaugh, political science professor. Hey, Augie. Good morning, Nia. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you? Uh, uh, I'm good um, uh, because uh, uh, once again, um, we are back to um, a relatively arcane federal law. And oh, see, haven't you missed those? Because people have been interesting in the news, and I'm sure there'll be more in the news that people oh, yeah, will be yeah, interesting yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. I mean, like, we we we're always prepared for people to do something <clears throat> interesting yeah. in the news. <laughs> But this is a nice reminder of why we started this, because this is this is this is such a basic, weird little act, but it has so many wide ranging effects that it's not even. Oh, yeah. Like it like we can talk about it. We could talk about it for 20 years and we still won't cover everything. Yeah, because we're doing one episode about one aspect of this law. (laughs) Right. We'll come back to it, I feel certain, with something else at some point. The law is? The Freedom of Information Act, Yes, which is often shortened as FOIA. FOIA. FOIA, (laughs) as in not again yet, but FOIA. It is Five U.S. Code, subsection 552, 1966. Correct. And that is, and let me make sure that I know what FOIA is. FOIA is, hey, government, tell me how this thing worked. Okay, sure. Here you go. I'll give you all the details on that. Yeah, it it, it, it was Except designed. it doesn't really work that way, does it, Augie? No, 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 no. We're going to get to that. <laughs> okay. So- the Freedom of Information Act, FOIA, uh, came about, you know, roughly three decades after the federal government expanded with the New Deal, right? And when we move into the late 1950s, early 1960s, you had a bunch of scholars, government officials, good government interest groups who are like, you know, we have this large federal government, and it collects a whole bunch of information and data, and it produces a whole bunch of paperwork, most of which is inaccessible to the American public, or for that matter, the so-called fourth estate, okay, the press. How do, you know, but we live but in a But it shouldn't be, it right, should but it be. shouldn't be, because we live in there a shouldn't be secrecy. We should not be. Yes, you know, because how can you judge what, how the government is doing if, if they're like, trust us, it's fine. Yeah, if you don't know what the government <laughs> is doing, right? I mean, think about the government as your 12-year-old. If your 12-year-old said to you, trust me, I got this, <laughs> no. you'd be like, mm, I'm going to need more proof than that. Yeah, I'm going right? to need more proof than that, that you've got this. You now, know, that, but, but those disclosure laws don't apply to everything, though, and I know that you're going to talk about that. That is correct. Because yeah, it's is- not like the government is an open book, as we've mentioned in a previous episode where we were railing about the level of confidential, because we were talking about it during the presidential records um, in the news bits, where we were saying now that they label everything confidential and top secret and eyes classified, on, yes, right, yes, yes. <clears throat> that it turns into this big drama. But it, it, but the FOIA allows people to say, it allows an individual to request disclosure of a document or a piece of information or you whatever. Know, you know, minutes of a proceeding or a meeting. Or the records of who came to the White House. Yes. Right. The log of who came to the White House. That's a thing that's foyable. Okay. Like there's all these different things that you can you can and how you put in a FOIA request is there's a form because there's a form for everything in the government. (laughs) The government cannot function without a form. That's right. Um, And there's a form that you fill out and then it goes to the, to the agency. Yes. Usually their press office and then the press office. Okay. goes ahead and consults. Okay. Typically with the lawyers. Okay. Or the, you know, head of the agency. Is it all right if I release this information? Right. 
And now we get to where it's complicated. Okay. Right, because it is my experience that their first answer is always no. Yeah, because again, you know, most <laughs> most people who work in the government are like, so why do you want this document? Exactly. Which, 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 by the way, you don't have to say why you want the information. Right. Okay. Nor do you have to disclose whether you're a spy or a or a press person, like person. if you're or a lawyer, you're trying to sue. Like you don't have to yes. tell any of that. No, you don't to have say, to. hey, I want this record. And th it's not up to government to decide whether your intent is. Is good, nefarious. Right. That's not okay. up to the person to decide. Yeah. What the, what's up to them to decide is whether it's classified or non-classified. And before we get to the various exemptions, exceptions, if you will, okay, we should note to the readers that we're talking about the Federal Freedom of Information Act. All 50 states also have, okay, versions mm. of FOIA, right? Right. So, so at the time we are recording this, right, it was in the news this week that an individual, okay, requested um, um, text messages from one of the individuals who serves on the uh, University of Virginia Board of Visitors. And because of the State Freedom of Information Act, he was able to get, okay, like 29 pages worth of transcripts between this particular member of, of the UVA board, plus uh, uh, in, uh, in conversation with two other members of the board. Well, and that was on his private phone, but he was doing board business. Business, that's right. Like, I can't FOIA Augie's private phone records. No, because they are not owned by the federal government. Well, they probably are. They're probably in a database somewhere, but <laughs> but they are technically owned by his phone carrier. That's right. And I would need to subpoena those through a legal action of some kind. That's the separation between that personal and and the work things, which is why they always tell you not to use your work email or your work computer to do non-work stuff if you work for the state government or the That's federal right. government. That's because right. anybody can ask for the records of what you were doing on your computer. It's an important thing to remember if you work for the state or the federal government, or you carry a phone for the state or the federal government. If well, you it's, it's... are a firefighter and you're assigned a phone from your local district, don't be making 1-800 sex calls on that phone yes. because those records are foiable. Well, and, and also your comment right there, Nia, reminds me of something else that we used to be told all the time, which is, you know, technology is great, but if you want to have a sensitive conversation with a coworker, a boss, have it in person. Right. Okay. Um, where and then you, follow up with a summary email. Yes, right. Because as per our conversation, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can keep out the shall we say <laughs> sensitive the stuff. stuff or the non-work related stuff, <laughs> right? Okay, that might be interjected into the conversation. Exactly. Right? Okay. So now, also noted um, that a lot of news organizations use FOIA. They sue when they don't get FOIA. Like, okay, so they'll make a FOIA request and then they get turned down and then they bring a suit mm -hmm. because they say, why is it yeah. why is it private? And a lot of times at that point the government capitulates, right? Yeah. And gives it to them because it's not private. But the but I would imagine that most of it actually comes from what, lawyers and regular folk? Uh, yeah, I mean, because, you know, if you're going to go ahead and sue, you know, a, a federal agency for allegedly violating the civil rights of your client, you want to know, okay, what yeah. what they discussed, okay, what was the thought process, process behind what they did, um, because that does get to the intent of what a government agency might have done to your particular client. Yeah, you're... Listeners are not going to hear this for about a month after we record because of the way we're recording this spring, but 
right now with the with the Ohio train mess, yeah, derailment that's going on. There will be FOIA requests for the for the um, government regulations of those uh, of uh, the, of North. Of the, I can't uh, remember something Norfolk, southern. Yeah, Norfolk Southern. Yeah, yeah, yeah of the be, rail line and whether yeah. they met standards and all that kinds of because there will be lawyers and yeah. there will be lawsuits because yeah. there's a giant black cloud over Ohio, which yeah. you know, Ohio doesn't want that. Yeah. But anyway, so but there are exceptions to the FOIA, right? Like you can't just FOIA anything. Yeah. Um, so there are nine current exemptions to oh, FOIA. I didn't nine. realize there were that many. Okay. Yeah, there's nine. Okay. Uh, the first one uh, relates to um, information that must be kept secret because of national security or foreign policy. Okay, that is to be determined by each president, and in fact, typically each president's one of their first executive orders is to, you know, identify, okay, what materials will be uh, labeled classified and exempt from FOIA. Okay. okay. Every president does this. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So that's yeah. just a regular presidential yeah. thing. Sir, I'm going to need you to sign this. Why? Because we don't want people getting secret information. Yeah. Okay. Now, the next one is the one that I know you're really interested in, Nia. Um, matters related to internal personnel rules and practices of an agency. Yes, I am interested in that. We're going to come back to that because there's, yeah, I have many questions about that. Okay. Um, the third one, okay, um, uh, basically refers to um, um, specifically exempted from disclosure by law. So when Congress passed the law, they went ahead and said there are certain matters that will not be released, okay? And oh, okay. a lot of that has to do with um, um, uh, um, intelligence gathering and um, and, and related matters, including okay. including their budgets, which oh really, we, which as we discussed um, oh, in, right. season, in season two, there or was it season two or season one? One of our first seasons, there is an entire section of the federal government's budget that's known as black. Okay. And in part, it's related to FOIA, because if other countries knew how much <laughs> money we were spending. If we had um, a line item, line item spying on Brazil, line item spying <laughs> yeah, right. on Argentina, line item spying on Russia, they would be like, wait a minute. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> uh, fourth one, um, trade secrets, commercial and financial information. Um, this has uh, a lot to do with government contracts. So let's say the Department of Defense has the authorization from Congress to go ahead and build, okay, a new... A new missile system. Yes. Okay, the Department of Defense has the discretion to make any negotiation with a defense contractor, okay, uh, exempt from FOIA, because in part... Not only does the defense contractor not want that information released to foreign nations, or at least the Department of Defense doesn't, the contractor doesn't want that information released to competitor business contractors. Who could come <laughs> up the next the next cycle and underbid them? Yes. Okay. So does that include uh, Augie? Does that include things like the actual specs for the missile system? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yep. That falls under both, right? National yes. defense and right, trade yes. secret. Okay. Yes. The next one is what got you really interested, Nia, in FOIA. The next one is all personnel and medical files related to the personal privacy of executive branch employees. Okay. Um, and then uh, and I skipped over one, and, and I apologize. Um, that's number six. Number five is memorandum and letters of understanding between agencies or within units of agencies, right? So let's say the FBI 
is we'll doing... cover for you if you do this thing. <laughs> okay. Or well, probably I, I, not. <laughs> I, I'll give a less, shall we say, nefarious example. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. Let's say the FBI and the uh, ATF, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, is running a joint sting operation, right? And they're trying to negotiate who's going to be responsible for what elements of the operation, okay? If that was disclosed in court by somebody who was charged with violating a federal law, then that perhaps could give other criminals engaged in that enterprise. Oh, here's how we do it. Yeah, the knowledge of how the feds actually target, for instance, gun runners, right? Okay. Okay, or... However, once you get to court... Court. You as an individual, your lawyer does have the right to see certain... Yeah, discovery in regards to how it relates to the prosecution of you. But not how it relates to the prosecution of people in general. General. I see. Yeah. Okay. 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 Speaking of which, now we're down to number seven. Records or information compiled for law enforcement purposes. Okay. Now, this one is where the FBI, the ATF, the Drug Enforcement Agency, they all get into trouble because they basically smack... FOIA exemptions on basically every piece of paperwork that comes into their office. And then federal judges get annoyed because defense attorneys say, judge, we need this record to figure out why the FBI FBI targeted our client. Right. And the FBI says, but that is exempted by FOIA. And then the judge has to go ahead and say, okay, wait a minute here. (laughs) Okay. Is this related to this particular crime and prosecution of this particular individual? Or is this general information about the FBI? Okay. Because, for instance, the FBI typically does not disclose when they are investigating somebody. Yeah, right. They, surpri- they spring that on you usually. And more. And then they just show up at your door one day and say, hello, we've been gathering this case on you. And you're like, wait, what? Well, moreover, Congress has made it very clear to the FBI that you can't go ahead and say who you you can't say publicly who you're investigating, because <laughs> if they're never charged with a crime, it destroys would, their reputation. It destroys their reputation, right? Like the um, the Atlanta bombing, there was yeah, a guy, Richard Jewell, yes, right, who was falsely sort of made out to be the guy, and it, it was not him. He didn't do it. Yes. Right. And so then a judge has to make that. So that's at the federal, usually federal judges, right? Are making that decision. Yeah. So that's a lot of discretion. I mean, they see a lot of stuff. They probably. Yes. They really have to keep private. Judges have to be very um, circumspect in that. And and what's that called in the law uh, is in camera review or examination, which means in the offices of the judge. It's not okay. an open court. Right? Uh, so they say, we're going to cha- I'm going to chambers, I'm gonna look this over. Yes. And they may, now at that point, they can also force a redacted version to be given. Yes. Right, yes. where they say, yes. okay, if you take out this and this and this, this person can still use it yes. for the purposes they need. That's right. Okay. Yeah. okay. So that's a much more involved. Yes. Okay. Number eight, any materials related to the examination, operating, or condition reports prepared by agencies responsible for the regulations or supervision of financial institutions, right? So the SEC. uh, The SEC, uh, the FDIC, okay, Um, the federal- Is that because- if they say, yeah, this bank's kind of shaky, it'll freak everybody out and that'll be the end of the economy you, as we know it. There you go. And you're also talking about, <laughs> in some cases, billions of dollars of transactions could be called into question if, for instance, it was reported 
okay, that for instance, the SEC is looking at a whole bunch of investment banks in New York or Charlotte or Pittsburgh, right? Which are the big three cities in the United States in regards to investment banking, right? You know, if that gets out, okay. Then people will go crazy. Oh, people will go crazy, right? Okay. And what's his name on CNN will yell, sell, sell, sell. I mean, it'll be a whole. Uh, you're thing. talking about the, the Kramer dude, right? Yes. 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 He, yes. he gets excitable. Yeah. I, <laughs> I have a hard time being too critical of him because, as you well know, I tend to get a little excitable about this arcane <laughs> stuff, right? But the next one, you're really going to appreciate because of your background in Homeland Security. The ninth exemption. All materials related to geological or geophysical information and data, including maps concerning wells, may be exempted, right? And and do we know why, listeners? We know why, because poisoning the water supply of the United States is one of the most concerning things for the Department of Homeland Security. Yes. Because you you can do it, you can go a long time without food. And yes. you can go a relatively decently long time without shelter in many parts of the United States, but you can't make it more than three or four days without water. Yes. Okay. Water's just, and as we've discussed before, water is magic. Like, no, I, I, the, hence the whole Colorado River Agreement, which is yeah. turning into a giant mess. These giant days. mess. Okay. In, in, in the fact that, I mean, in, in, and by the way, Exemption 9 has now been extended to the nation's electrical grid. Nuclear oh, really? Power. So it's utility now. Yes. Okay. Ah. Map. Okay. And Homeland Security has argued oh. this in court. Any map that would go ahead and show, okay, the precise locations, okay, of the United States energy, water, blah, blah, blah grids, okay, is exempted from FOIA. Well, people go around shooting the utility grids, <laughs> and those are my people, which is embarrassing. Those are North Carolinians. Like y'all, sit down before somebody notices that you're dummy. So, um, but I want to get back to one of these exceptions because because I'm okay. What started this, listeners? Yes, was my irritation. And Augie was like, yes, but there are reasons because Augie's, Augie, it's funny when I'm the voice of reason and he's not is much more rare than when he's the voice of reason and I'm not, (laughs) Um, which I don't know how my boss is going to feel about hearing that. But anyway. um, (laughs) And by the way, okay, there's a whole bunch of political science faculty at VCU. Who just choked on their, on their breakfast bars. Yeah, their breakfast bars and their coffees when they hear Nia say, Augie is the voice of reason. (laughs) But okay, so what brought this up was there was a police officer. He worked in Virginia and then he moved to California and he had, he moved to California and he killed, I think his girlfriend and her father, like he killed people in California. Okay. And, and the police here would not release his, personnel Personnel files yes and there's a part of me that understands that but there's another part of me that's like my dude killed people but at that point you kind of i think lose your your privilege of privacy because i would like to see the disciplinary record i would like to see if he had a problem and i feel certain that i'm not the only one probably the prosecutor in California wants to see that too. Did he have a problem with abuse? Did he have a problem with violence? Did he had did he have a record of doing these things or yeah. doing things or escalating behaviors, right? That would have that would have maybe given somebody a clue that, that he, he was gonna how did he graduate from the Virginia State Police Academy? Right. Okay. That's what I want to know. So okay. like I'm really torn with FOIA because. I understand that it that you want to protect people's personnel records from from malicious it, you know like people just I want to get Augie's records because I want to 
yeah I mean, dirt on him so i can make him sad right like or yeah, yeah. in the case of people who are let's say having an angry divorce right like you don't want them going after somebody's personality i get that but this seems like the tell me why this should not be the exception okay so uh, listeners what Nia is pointing to is one of the main criticisms that the media and various public interest groups have um, which is exemption number uh, six how can the public know if the government is employing good people and whether or not employees are doing good work if personnel records are exempt? Um, and um, advocates for government workers have successfully argued, Neo, that one of the reasons why there is such an exemption is that many good, talented people would never go to work for the government if they knew their personnel records, including their medical records. And by the way, the reason why their medical records could be reviewed via FOIA is that most government workers in the United States, their health insurance goes is, through there. is oh. provided by the government as an employer. Gotcha. They, wouldn't, they wouldn't go to work for the government if all of those records could be public okay and the logic of the advocates for government workers is we already disadvantage government workers by and large because most of them are paid usually 80 to 85 percent of what they could probably make in the private sector doing comparable work so we're already disadvantaging them via pay but then if you go ahead and further disadvantage them by making their personnel records public, which would not be the case working for most private sector companies. Most private sector companies never have to release the personnel records of their employees. And, right. certainly, and certainly don't do it with their medical records, right? Okay. Well, and there's HIPAA involved in that as well. Like That's right. Complications okay. with HIPAA violation. So the burden for making sure government employees are doing their jobs and that they don't have medical problems that interfere with their work productivity usually falls on one, their politically appointed supervisors or the chief executives at all levels of government or forcing legislative bodies to actually do their oversight function, right? You know, you know, saying to the Department of Homeland Security, do you have good people in your border patrol unit? Right. Right. Saying, you know, the Virginia State Legislature, with the example that kind of sort of was the genesis of you wanting to do this episode. Okay. The Virginia State Legislature bringing in the superintendent of the Virginia State Police and saying, okay, so how did this person get through successfully? Right. And what are you going to do to prevent future incidents of this nature? Right. Okay? But this is one of the classic tensions built into the modern administrative state. Okay. On one hand, the assumption is those who work in the executive branch okay, are neutrally competent, well-trained experts who can implement, you know, generally pretty well public policies created by the people's elected representatives. But how do you hire such neutrally competent, well-trained people if they know, if they go to work for government, their personnel record their medical files will become public. I mean, think about this, Nia, okay? Um, and many listeners may not understand what I'm talking about, so hopefully I do a good job explaining this. Every summer, the Virginia Times-Dispatch newspaper here in Virginia, okay, publishes the salaries of all Virginia state employees who make over the median amount of all public employees in Virginia, which means 
that many people who work, for instance, at VCU can have their salaries made public. Yes. And it's attached by name. So you can actually go into the database created by the newspaper, type in the name of a government employee, okay? Specify the agency and up comes their most recent salary. And uh, for full disclosure, since we're talking about FOIA, um, the president of VCU <laughs> is either the highest paid individual in the Commonwealth or in the top five. Like yeah, he's, he's, yes, okay. President Rao is is very well compensated. Um, we, we're just saying that because we work here and we own that. Like, let's not pretend that that's not a thing because it's a thing. But so, but, but I have and had uh, many other people on that list are presidents of universities. Yes, Virginia presidents of universities in Virginia make more than the governor. Which, but it's, but it's I got feelings about that. But but it's not just presidents of universities. I mean, I've had former students. I have I have colleagues, okay, who have former students, who will actually look us up and yep. then send us emails, okay, um, usually um, joking um, uh, about how they are making more money than their professors who have multiple degrees, right? Yep. And I got to admit, the first time it happened, I was just like, where did they get this information? But then I was just like, but it's just a salary. But they don't have access to the complete personnel file. Right. Okay. Um, so. And I hear you on, like, you would not be able to get good people. Yes. I guess where my sticking point is, is once you know you have a bad apple, but I, I guess that would be starting a precedent that then people would say, well, but once you release one person's personnel information, there's no reason not to release others, lots of people's personnel information. And, and this then, person also did a bad thing. They just didn't, it didn't rise to the level of murder. So I still want to see their record. I mean, I could see where that would be a slippery slope. And as Augie says, we always end up muddy at the bottom of that slope with and no happiness. Yeah, there's no happiness because at that point in time, there might actually be a lot of good people who say, oh, to heck with this. Okay. Right. Okay. My privacy is worth more than doing good for the public, working for a federal government agency, a state agency, a local government agency. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't like it, but I can see your point. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I often arrive at that, Augie. I don't like it, but I see your point and I, and I understand it. And this is a different, in, in, this, in this instance, it's hard because he murdered people. Right. And I, yeah. and I want to know, are, do we have a lot of murderous cops on the beat and can we please not have those people doing that job? Um, but then I, then I think to myself, sometimes they release information without being asked. Yes. Like um, we also have Richmond police just released their internal report from the summer of 2020, the sort of um, Black Lives Matter summer. We yeah. think of it, right? With lots of protests in Richmond. Yes. And those guys were spraying each other in the eyes with with pepper um, spray because they didn't know how to use the pepper like there's some real basic stuff that needs to be changed but they released that without a big FOIA fight they just released that internal yeah. internal report because they're trying to have transparency so <clears throat> and, I and guess that, and that's the other thing to take note of if an agency is not utilizing one of the stated exemptions okay you ought to, you might want to ask yourself as a consumer of government information why why are they not using the exemption okay oh they wanted that to get out because they wanted to recognize that they had a problem yes and and frankly that was the former chief and not the current chief yes which also changes the what you know, people is, will release and what they won't release. If is they're the agency releasing information, okay, to score political points, okay, you know, are they embarrassing another agency? Or to throw, or to throw um, 
uh, attention in a different direction. direction. That's right. Okay. Because by releasing this report, they've they've been able to more or less curb the discussion of the terrorism plot that they had last summer that didn't happen and didn't come to anything and they just kind of made up yes right because so, people people are like yeah but look at this report where they were being all transparent and stuff so that's interesting i didn't even think about that but yeah, the release of to, reports can be strategic in order to get yeah you might want to be skeptical when an agency <laughs> okay that has, when does they don't have to be asked <laughs> okay um uh or has a, a history okay of unilaterally using these exemptions all of a sudden there's just like yeah, we're not going to go ahead and use that particular exemption here. You can have whatever information you want. Really? Hmm. <laughs> so let me ask you about another thing that um, happened not too long ago in Richmond, and that is that apparently we've had prisoners die at the Richmond jail. Yes. And the sheriff has been like, yeah, not going to talk about it. And yeah. you can't make me. Is that true that they can't be forced to disclose um, any of that? at um, any point well they may be forced to disclose it in court because of ah, a lawsuit okay. but in regards to foia okay um uh it may fall within one of the exemptions in the state freedom of information act right because again if prison officials have to go ahead and disclose how they manage their inmates, okay, um, you know, a particularly smart inmate can go ahead and figure out all kinds of ways to either escape or engage in illegal activity while they are an inmate of that institution. And that's the usual justification for why prisons go ahead and say, <clears throat> we don't have to disclose our, 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 <clears throat> our operations, right? But now yeah. that people are dying, they may be forced to. They may be forced to. Now, again, if the Virginia State Legislature, you could argue, was doing its job, they were, there would be, or the local government in, okay, the city of Richmond's city council was doing its job, they would be having the sheriff who runs, okay, the Richmond jail, okay, in front of them on a regular basis explaining, hey, what the heck's going on here, right? <laughs> right. You got, you got prisoners, not... yeah, you got prisoners dying on a pretty regular basis. And even if we are arresting, okay, people with medical health problems, statistically, this is weird. This is weird. <laughs> so can you explain what's going on? And again, that goes back to, if you have all these exemptions in FOIA, this puts the burden on oversight on, you know, who's in charge in terms of the executive branch. But also the legislative branch, right? And you've right, heard they don't speak. get to slide. Yeah, there, there's a me, reason we have the the you know, Senate separate, Intelligence Committee and separation all those of powers people. and checks and balances only works if each of the branches is willing to go ahead and do meaningful oversight of the other. Right. Okay. And I know you've heard me rail about the fact that we frequently give legislative bodies a free pass, in part because increasingly we don't expect legislative bodies to do anything meaningful but okay at some point in time they have the responsibility and they have the powers to actually do meaningful oversight they just choose not to so can we talk about um uh, something sort of attached to this but but um <clears throat> so i want to ask you about whistleblowers yeah because whistleblowers fall into this gray space, don't they? Like their yeah. their material is probably in most cases exempted through FOIA. Like they yeah. they are not supposed yeah. to release yes. the Pentagon Papers or the Snowden yeah. release or yeah. right any of those things. But their overriding concern is that it's not being there that oversight is not being right because that's both Snowden and the Pentagon Papers. They were saying. There's no oversight here. We have a problem with people lying or people doing this and not being and not being held to account. Yes. So there are laws that protect those people theoretically, although yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Snowden, I think, moved to Russia to try to avoid. How's that working out? Um, but okay, but we'll, we'll, let's pause for just a moment. So you're talking about, once again, uh, a conflict. On one hand, there are uh, there is a federal law that protects federal government whistleblowers. Okay. Problem is, many of these whistleblowers, when they've taken particular jobs, have signed agreements saying that they won't disclose classified material. Ah. So to get to that whistleblower status where they might be protected by federal law, they will have to violate the terms of their employment contract. Gotcha. And that oftentimes acts as a disincentive because you basically got to know that you basically have to be willing to lose your job and be potentially prosecuted, okay, before you can achieve the protection, you know, the warm protective blanket. Of, of whistleblower the, status. Yes, of whistleblower status. Okay. Right? Now, so I would assume that that limits the number of people who do yes, that. Yes, yeah. And then, and then that forces upon whistleblowers the uh, classic, you know, tripart dilemma, exit, voice, or loyalty in the infamous language of, of, of Hirschman, right? You know, do you exit your agency, okay? Um, do you give rise to voice, which is what whistleblowers do, okay? Or do you keep your mouth shut, you keep your head down, and you continue to be loyal to your agency? Wow, what choices? <laughs> right what choices okay but you are correct okay again the idea is with FOIA the more transparent government is the more informed the public will be and then the public will make better choices when they go to vote and when they try to decide do I support this policy do I support this program etc and this all ties back to something that political scientists teach in all intro classes, okay? Government legitimacy versus uh, uh, public distrust, right? Because if you don't have access to the material, you may not trust the government. On the other hand, if you have too much knowledge, okay? You may not trust the government. government, Right, (laughs) okay? I did not see that coming. That's funny. Okay. Um, I, I sorry. I was. It's it's uh, it's early in the day. I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna blame that on. Yeah. But I can see where too much knowing too much about someone might um, dishearten you, and yes. not knowing enough about someone might dishearten you. It is the giant conundrum in a forty-year marriage. Yes. Right. I know an awful lot about you. And sometimes that's not a good thing. A good thing. Right. But sometimes it's a great thing because it's very comforting. I know an awful lot about you and I know how you're going to react or whatever. Yeah. I know Um, your I know your pathologies and sometimes your pathologies (laughs) are really, really bad. But at other times they're very comforting because I know, okay, you're going to do X. Okay. Predict it within. Yes. And and, and, uh, and, and, uh, very high percentage of accuracy. And, I, and I've gotten over the annoyance, okay, and the anger, and I've now just come to accept that about you. Okay? <laughs> Which I think is how a lot of people feel about the federal government. Sure. Yeah. I think they feel like, you know, I, I do, I, mean, I do I mean, think, though, that there's a, that with FOIA, at least, um, that there is a sense that the government keeps too many secrets. It's like we were talking about before that the government, that the government's first answer is I'm not going to tell you that. Yeah. The default is, is no. no. Okay. Instead of the default being yes, which is why, for instance, you and I were not all that surprised in our previous podcast episode about presidents, you know, former presidents and former vice presidents apparently having a problem with, you know, taking with them classified documents. They get so many. Get so many that if if after a while, if the lunch menu is classified, then nothing is, then it doesn't matter. Classification doesn't, 
doesn't ping on your radar. Yes. And you and I don't deal with classified documents on a regular basis. So if somebody handed it, handed us something and said, I need you to read this and then I need you to not ever talk to anybody about it again. And they said it very seriously. We would go, ooh. Ooh, but. Uh, right, like know, we would have, and if somebody the, handed you 700 folders and said that, you'd be like, whatevs. After about 45 or 46, yeah, you would say, just be you, throwing them on the floor. You'd be. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, I'm taking them into the bathroom to read. Exactly. <laughs> you're you're there's no more there's no more mystery here. There's yeah, no right? more I mean when you get to the you know the, the thousandth folder that says, you know, top secret. Okay. And you're, you're like, looking, is it really? And you look inside <laughs> and you know the, the call logs, you know, during winter break. Right. Like, really? <laughs> this is top secret. Okay. My 97-year-old grandma called me, really. Okay, but these things do have a political yes. effect, and I did yeah. want to um, bring it back to what you were talking about with the UVA board of uh, board of board of visitors yes. board of visitors member. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, is that that can have a very so what that individual did was they they have feelings about UVA. Yes, they were pretty. Yeah, for, uh, uh, particularly in regards to UVA, like many universities, um, having um, specific well-paid employees to lead the university's uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. Um, and this particular board member um, wants to, quote unquote, return UVA okay, to the purpose and mission of when it was created by Thomas Jefferson. Right. Well, that's part of a larger political debate. Exactly. Okay. About states' flagship universities and what should be taught there and what should be emphasized and how much money is being spent on various administrative positions. Right. Right. And, and how, um, and the, and the FOIA request for those is a clear this needs to be known to people that there is this yes. discussion that's happening yes um you need to know that there is this political underpinning on the board of visitors that theoretically the board of visitors is neutral but clearly it is not yes and so we're not slamming the board of visitors um we're not nor are we slamming these individuals it, there's nothing wrong with having your personal opinion um but if you're going to conduct that work in such a way that it, your personal opinion can be made public, as Augie was saying, you might want to be more cautious about how you state your public opinion. Yes. Okay. Um, um, I, I, you know, you just have to be uh, aware yeah. that any record that you make as a state or federal employee. There's a reason why certain adages okay, have been with us for years, decades, centuries. And the one that comes to my mind is discretion is the better part of valor. Exactly. Right? You know, every once in a while, you don't need to necessarily go ahead and open your mouth. Or, and tell you, your business. Yeah, you know, send a text or put it in an email or put it down on paper. Think about it, okay? Um, maybe have a face-to-face -face conversation with somebody, okay? where you might have plausible deniability, <laughs> but I mean. Well, I mean, and it's funny, Augie and I are advocating for that because yeah. we also advocate on the other side of, right, being, yeah, right? of being as transparent yes. as you can possibly be. But if your purpose is nefarious, you might want to be nefarious. Yeah, right. I mean, and, and, and again, we said this in the previous podcast episode, Neo, about um presidents and vice presidents struggling with classified documents. You know, and I can understand the logic of many government officials that they don't want to be embarrassed, right? But, you know, I think many Americans, and, and this takes me back to an old West Wing episode where CJ, you know, tells the, uh, the White House staff, you know, when you stop trusting the people, the people start stop trusting the government, right? Right. If you treat the people like idiots, okay, then they're going to respond like idiots. If you're afraid of what you did may be embarrassing, okay, but most Americans understand 
that you're human and you're going to do some stupid stuff doesn't make you a bad person, doesn't make you a bad government official. Right. Everybody's done stupid stuff. Yes. Not right. one person gets out of childhood without doing stupid stuff. stuff. Okay. In most, and, you know, in, as long as you own it and yeah, you look it, people it, in the eye and say, yep, I did a stupid thing, then everybody goes, well, okay, then, and you move on. And it doesn't end when you become a quote unquote professional. You hope it doesn't happen <laughs> as much. Right. Okay. But I mean, Nia, think about the number of times that you and I've had to apologize to one another because we did something stupid or we didn't think about how the other would react or we didn't take into account that you know they you know the other person has feelings or you know already made plans etc right i mean that's yeah that's happens. friendship that's yeah. how that works yes and you know and, and extend that further that's being professional that's being you know collegial you, right you go ahead and say hey uh, my bad yeah i'm sorry i didn't think um how do i make this right okay um but using FOIA to go ahead and cover that up when, <laughs> when there's more serious stuff exactly okay, that should be exempted, okay? Um, but I mean, uh, this is difficult. I mean, a lot of the stuff that we talk about talk about on this podcast is difficult stuff. Right? It's nuanced. Yeah, okay? it would be if FOIA if FOIA was just simply no all the time every time, then we would be living in a dictatorship. Yeah, it wouldn't serve the purpose of having transparency. On the other exactly. hand, if the government always said yes, you would be like, really? You went ahead and disclosed, okay, our uh, our, our uh, water grid? Really? Exactly. <laughs> you just told our enemies how missiles are made? Way to go, thanks. Yeah, right yeah. on, okay. Yeah, so it's complicated because everything's complicated, but I appreciate you pointing out why his personnel records should not be released yeah because there's because um, i came into this with tell me why they shouldn't be released augie because i was really grumpy and yeah. augie was like there are reasons i will tell yeah. you and, and, so. and there are many people who graduated from the virginia state police academy okay who are not in any way murderous jerk faces that's, like, that's right okay and their person do we want to punish those people no yeah, we don't in their personnel records i i could plausibly argue with a straight face should not be made public okay they're doing right. good work okay um and they should have a modicum of privacy okay but i'm you know and i'm looking at you superintendent of the virginia state police you should be forced to explain to the Virginia State Legislature, what the hell happened? Yeah, how this guy got his yes. badge and why he didn't have a badge in Virginia anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, I mean, Virginia knew there was a problem of some kind. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Okay. But anyways, thank you, Nia. This was a really thought-provoking conversation, and I hope listeners enjoyed it. Okay. Thank you, Augie. I feel certain we'll come back to another FOIA request at some point in the future. <laughs> sure. Thank you. Yep. You've been listening to Civil Discourse, brought to you by VCU Libraries. Opinions expressed are solely the speaker's own and do not reflect the views or opinions of VCU or VCU Libraries. Special thanks to the Workshop for Technical Assistance. Music by Isaac Hobson. Find more information at guides.library.vcu.edu discourse. As always, no documents were harmed in the making of this